And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. So we've seen brands in general, some win, some lose. We're going to talk a little bit today about what makes a winning brand. Now, before we get too far into that, I want to remind everyone that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. If you need to hire software engineers, testers, your leaders, Fullscale can help. Just go to Fullscale.io. It takes about two minutes to fill out a form. Let us know what you need help with, and we will match you up with available service providers that are ready to go and help you be successful. Now with me today, I've got a familiar face. I think so many of you probably are going to recognize who it is. It's my one of my co-hosts, Andrew Morgan, the CEO and founder of Marknology and Amazon Brand Accelerator out of Kansas City. Andrew, what's up? What's up? What's up? Hopefully they know my voice as well as they know my face. It's good well, to be back you know, on the show. Yeah, well, they only know our voices. We're like NFL players with helmets, like you know, you might recognize the number, you might recognize the name, not so much the face. Well, actually, you can't recognize the face. We've been publishing video highlights on pretty much all social media platforms. So maybe that'll, uh, maybe we can, maybe people will recognize who we are. Well, it's good to see you. I can see you at least. And it's good to yes. be back on the show. Um, I'm excited to just share some value with everybody today. We don't get to chat that often. And I think uh, 2023 has been an exciting year in e-commerce good, the bad, and the ugly. And, um, you know, branding is not tied to just e-commerce, of course, but that's the world I live in. And um, happy to share anything I think uh, might bring some value. You know, when I think about, when you think about branding, I mean, what comes to mind? I think, I think it goes synonymous or like with uh, reputation and trust management, like uh, trust and reputation. Yeah, I would say image. You know, meaning not just like a logo image, but like similar, uh, the way you're perceived. Um, you know, you have some brands that run side by side with quality or value, and then you have some that don't. And I think once your brand gets that label and that tag hung around its neck, it's kind of hard to get it off. Sure is. I think it's just like uh, you can build, you can spend a lifetime building a reputation as a person. Um, and you know, you can lose it in one, one instance or one bad business decision or one bad moment, um, lapse of judgment. So, uh, I think of brand building a lot as reputation and, you know, whether that's the way you appear, your visuals, your colors, your aesthetics, these are all things that say, oh, I've seen that brand before. I've seen that font before. I've seen that face before. Uh, and feel like, you know, them. yeah, you know, I've, I've spent, oh man, you know, so my wife told me I needed a hobby and I found that my hobby was just watching videos and documentaries and master classes on entrepreneurship and business. But there's a lot of stuff out there and there's um, been some, you know, very interesting, you know, the evolution of branding is, is a real thing. And 
Um, it, you know, it's it, uh, anything is going to evolve over time, but now you have a personal brand, you have a social media brand, you know, like there's never has it. And the good news is, is never has it been more accessible to everyone. And, you know, let's, let's look, use an example of creating a brand out of nowhere. How about our buddies from Startup Hustle TV, the Perkins brothers, out of a town of 3000 people in Bryson City, North Carolina, created a brand that, you know, in the construction industry is now known worldwide. You know, I'm, I'm actually going to see those guys this weekend. And it's uh, incredible what you can do. Congratulate them in person on all the success, but so much of that brand is built around the people and the identity. What do they do? They build homes. Now, sometimes that winning brand strategy wins so much, they actually quit taking orders for homes. They can't even build enough of them, you know, and, and, and part of the, 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 what's associated with that brand is high quality. And I asked Gary, I said, well, why don't you hire more people? Well, we got to make sure the brand quality, that, that the quality is the same. But yeah, I mean, that's an example. I mean, it's literally talking about, you know, 30 years ago, that wasn't possible. Yep. You were just think- going to stay a home builder in Western North Carolina. You weren't going to be world famous. You weren't going to get offered TV shows. You weren't gonna, so, you know, if you're out there listening and you want to build a brand, get to work. I think it's, uh, it has something to do with that trust piece I mentioned where I think if you're showing people behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. uh, your, your bad days, your good days, your humor, uh, your family, like they show, you're showing them like how, you know, the quality with which you do things, um, they're just creating content, but around what they do. And as far as the trust factor goes, it's made thousands of people, millions of people, um, you know, trust them as a team, as a brand. So if we go back to the definition of what we think of a brand, you could just almost say trust or, or distrust. Yeah, that's really, what's, I a feel brand, like, what's a brand that you trust? Uh, quick trip. Okay. For those of you that aren't in the area, quick trips, a, a convenience store chain, maybe the, I think it's the best convenience store out there. They, and it is a quick trip. Uh, you know what I love about it is, is the stand you talk about some brands change the way you do things. At Quick Trip, you have a cash register and there's an A and a B line. So you know how you normally get stuck behind that guy that's like trying to pick up all the pennies off its counter or maybe scratch the lottery ticket and turn it back in or don't before you get a turn. That doesn't go on there and it keeps it moving. Um, but, you know, with that, you've also got certain like food products and different things. And, you know, you can go in and get something. I think that I think consistency as another thing that you're going to yeah. find with like, do you know, do you have a basic idea of what you're going to get when you go into Walmart? Right. Yep. All right. You know, a brand I trust Apple. And I know not everyone agrees with that. Not everyone's like a big Apple person, but I have found a lot of reliability, a lot of success and a lot of consistency with the Apple brand. Um, everything from laptops to phones to other equipment. And, um, part of what I like about that is the, the back to the consistency is that, it connects well. Have you ever sat around and tried to get something, one thing to enter, like integrate or connect to something else and you end up just beating your head against the wall? Yeah. I see it. I see the look on your face, Andrew. I uh, resisted Apple for a very long time. And as I started becoming more of a creator and less of like a PC, you know, went to school for computer science, like avoid Apple. Like, you know, you want to have the customizable PCs and Androids and stuff like that. Once I got over that, 
And I started thinking as a creator, wow, this Apple stuff is so much better. This connects with this instantly. And uh, I've honestly never looked back. I've like replaced everything. I didn't have Apple with Apple. Well, yeah, and that, that was that consistency. And then I think it was the trust. And you know what did it for me? It was, man, at this point, this was like 13 years ago. Um, I had, a, a, you know, one, an Apple laptop. This is way back in the day. I went to clean it. And uh, I was wiping it down with a cleaning cloth and a little bit of moisture may have gotten underneath the keys and it shorted out. It was technically out of warranty by a couple months. I took it up to the Apple store and they guess, you know, this is out of warranty. I'm like, yeah, I get it. And they're like, it's all good. We're going to fix it anyway. And, they, That's and, cool. and that one move at the store level right there got me buying that product for life, got it buying in my business. I mean, I've purchased hundreds of Apple products at this point. When you look at, you know, so, so, you know, like I said, consistency, I think we find that with our clients a lot at full scale, like, um, you know, that are using developers is they'll want their developers to have the exact same types of computers that they have in the Philippines, that they also have in the United States. It makes it easier to troubleshoot. Um, okay. So, you know, you know what I thought of Matt, I want to add one, se one yeah, second to that. One, they also got you to promote their to Apple on on a podcast. They didn't know you'd be a podcast whenever they helped you with that laptop, sure. right? And uh, but I was thinking of something we both have in common, which is music gear. And uh, I think one thing I really learned about the quality of things was when I was a musician, and there were certain brands that you just knew um, they were going to have a quality product. You know, yeah, I used and, to work for one. Yeah, yes, Roland, sir. the world's largest maker of electronic musical instruments, is actually. Uh, one of the industry standards for reliability and lack of what failure rate is, is a term that you'll, you'll run into. That is the rate at which things either break or break within a warranty period. And it was almost nothing, you know, and, and that's, but that's what you want. Now I've heard you talk about certain parts where you're like, these musicians have to bring, you know, these extra organs or extra keyboards or extra oh, yeah. guitars along with them on tour because of oh, how often parts, things break right. and stuff, right? The spare parts. So uh, before I was even into um, e-commerce and brand building, I was, I was in a band touring and everything like that. And for me, that was really where I felt like even when I didn't have money, this thing was worth this price tag because I was going to get this quality. Well, doesn't Murphy's law dictate that these things will break at the worst possible moment, which in that particular case means when you're on your, your biggest show of the, of the tour, uh, your biggest audience or yeah, something along the ways. And yeah, um, those petty little distractions in life really can get whether you're a musician or anything else can really knock you off track. And, you know, it's like, well, for example, we just had a little, we we're on our second run of recording this cause we had a little glitch in the, in the virtual studio and it, it didn't fail, but it felt like it might. And that was enough of a distraction for me Run to not be able to put my, wrap my arms around it. So, okay. So if you're going to build a brand, um, you know, first off, I think like, if we talk about like where to start, I think you have to begin, like, let's clarify, you know, what, what's your, the purpose of your brand? You know, what's the, What's the purpose beyond making money? What problems do you solve? Um, and problems can be as simple as like, hey, I make this easier. In fact, in most cases, that's what people are buying a product for. It's, it's to make life easier, um, sell more, spend less. Uh, and then my favorite one is intangible, and that's peace of mind. 
That's good. Like, I wouldn't have thought of that one, but I love that. If you can generate peace of mind, if you can convince a, a potential buyer that there, and that's what a quality brand does. It, there's peace of mind that goes with it. And like you're in the Amazon business. I buy a ton of shit from Amazon because they back it up. And I feel that their delivery times will actually be what they say they are when I buy it. And, you know, as, as some that follow me on social know, I've, I've, I'm, I am a hobby farmer now. And, you know, here's the thing is like, you know, this, the farms, it's not that far away, but it's far enough that I don't want to drive to the store to get every little thing. And knowing that Amazon will reliably bring it the next day is good enough. In some cases they bring it the same day and that's enough for me. So that, I mean, that really is. And that's, you know, but, but what is your brand purpose and what are the principles that guide your company? Like at full scale, we want to help you build a software team quickly and affordably. Yeah. With Martinology, with Martinology, you know, um, we don't work for Amazon direct, right? I'm, I'm actually flying out to Seattle this next week. I'm excited getting to meet with Amazon corporate. I don't work for Amazon direct though. I don't work for Amazon corporate. I work for the brands that want to consistently keep selling on Amazon without problems because customers like you want to continue purchasing things for your farm through the Amazon platform. There's a whole machine running behind the scenes from, from the products you pick on the platform to how they get shipped out the door to them arriving in the way that you think you're going to get them. So Amazon holds brands accountable to those trust standards. We help brands keep those trust standards in line or better or improve them. Um, so that's our why. Our why is really there to help people navigate the Amazon platform. Um, but I think one thing that you said is oh, like, you sell well, peace of mind. Sell peace of mind. That's the number one thing. The peace of mind of knowing that the setup, the the act of selling and the follow through are on point. But there's so much that can go wrong within those boundaries, man. Like you told me at one point that one of the one of the most basic things that so many people you work with don't seem to get right is photography. Like, and I'm in that boat. Like I want to see if I, you can sh- give me a good picture or I give you an example is the soundboard I'm using to record the show on. I, I went to buy one. I was looking at one on Amazon, just didn't have that many pictures. I couldn't see what I could plug in. It just wasn't clear to me. A confused mind almost always says no. And shitty pictures will make me sell no too. If you walk in, so many of you listening might not know this, but Full Scale and Marknology have offices in the same building. And if you walk in the entrance on many days, you get to, you can put on, you leave your sunglasses on because the photo studio at Marknology, which is a separate room, is shining bright, well lit, clear photographs of what you're trying to sell. That shouldn't be what gets in the way, but simple little things like that can ruin a brand identity. I, I'll look at a listing on for something for sale on Amazon. If you have a shit listing, I just assume that you're a shit company with a shit product. People think visual and content, but what we're doing is communication. Yeah. Communication through visuals like photography and graphic design that says, hey, this is exactly the soundboard you want. These are all the connections that you're going to need. This is what it's going to do for you. This is how it's going to make your life easier. It's going to give you peace of mind that you bought the right thing. Right. Those are what we're trying to convey through the images. So everyone's like, oh, images and content and branding. What is that doing? It's communicating trust. It's communicating authenticity. It's communicating quality. It's communicating peace of mind. So um, I think people just don't understand how to communicate in every medium. Um, yeah. It, and or take a picture or take a picture. 
Which or hire can, someone that can take a good picture. Well, and some and some of that stuff that's a blocker is, I mean, in fairness to people with bad pictures, can you be fair about that? A yeah. bad picture is a bad picture. But in fairness to that, it's like not everyone has a photo studio and lighting and good cameras and stuff like that. I think if you're trying to build a brand, you need to get yourself aligned with with either the employees that'll guide you through it or companies like Marknology or Fullscale that, you know, I don't have to have your brilliant idea to help you build a brilliant software platform. You know, like yep. we're busy trying to be brilliant about how we hire people and get the right people. I sell peace of mind as well. You know, so I, people ask me, like, what do you do? That's a common question in life. And if I'm feeling a little snarky, I may say I sell peace of mind. You know, so, but yeah. Uh, okay. So as we move down the, the line here, and if you want to build a, a, win, a winning brand, I think you got to know and understand your audience. I think you got to um, know your audience a hundred percent. And so this all comes down to communicating. Like if I'm going out in the world to date, I'm a single guy I'm going out there to date. I have to be able to communicate who I am, what I do, um, you know, I'm dressing myself in a certain way, let's say visually to communicate, uh, uh, my individuality as a person or how I want to present myself and be seen to the world. Uh, and I have to communicate who I am and what I'm about. And I think, uh, any kind of brand that's trying to create itself, whether it's for social media or, or they don't care and they just want a website or they're just going to be to be, um, you still have to communicate your values. You have to communicate your mission, what you solve. Uh, and you have to communicate, um, you know, who you're trying to reach. Like you said, you're, you're, um, your ideal customer. And so if you don't know what you're selling, you don't know why you're selling it or, 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 um, how you want to present that, that gets hard as well. So I think it's really, like you said, just making sure you know what you're bringing to the world before you do that. Is it fair to say that Bud Light might not have known their audience recently? It's fair to say it. That I is mean, I correct. Su- I, I support the try, you know, like I'm all about fairness and, and, you know, diversity and, and all this, but that said, that might've been a bad move. Because like, who is, who is your existing audience? Is that, you know, and like, Hey, uh, and what are the results you see? What, what I didn't realize that Bud Light was the best selling beer in America. And well, now they're that, like, now they're I'm like always four. like, is that a tagline or is that real? I'm I it's question real. Everything. No, it was real. They have like a double digit percentage of, of all beer sold. Wow. It's not, it's not really, I don't, that, that, right there blows my mind that's a whole nother episode well they're Uh, in the midwest and we like our beer around here so you know but but yeah but like not understanding your target market um i mean it can be it can be disastrous in some regards and i think that that too many brands let let it slip through the net what it what is the value proposition that we provide or what is our you know kind of continue to move on with building brand like what's my unique selling proposition here and you know, like I'll, I'll use full scale as an example is, you know, back to that peace of mind. We want to help you not get caught up in hiring the wrong people because hiring the wrong people at your business is just a, is, is a setback, yep. uh, both financially and just for the overall progress. And it can just be disruptive in many regards. So what, what's unique about it? Well, we are, we started as our own clients. We like to say we're created by founders for founders and have a, and have a direct perspective about what 
it takes and what you need to make a software product and then to make it successful. So I can, I can tell you if you're another software founder, I can say, Hey, look, I've sat in your seat. I under, I, I, I empathize with where you're at. I understand the struggle and the fight of trying to get all this stuff done. And that's helped us create, I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole because the show isn't about that, but you know, that's unique considering the fact that almost all of my competition is either a freelance marketplace somewhere or companies that are already overseas. So that unique selling proposition, people like to buy things from people that they feel are similar to themselves. Yeah, I think that's what this show helps do is it helps communicate uh, the values, uh, the mind, the strategy behind the founders of the company. If you're just looking at a website and you're looking at pictures, visuals, reading about something, you're only getting a certain level of trust with that company until you've tried the product, until someone you know has tried the product, until you've listened to you know hundreds of hours of someone on a podcast or their YouTube, kind of like the Perkins brothers in a lot of ways, you feel like you know them you know, by the time you do business with them. Uh, and I think that's why, you know, we're living in a world where it's a little bit different because, um, you know, I know of a brand on TikTok, um, TikTok shops right now that in the last like seven months became a six, seven figure brand strictly from TikTok. Um, they now have a brand that if they weren't ready, uh, it can blow up overnight. And that wasn't something that really could happen in the past. Like it used to take years to build a good brand and reputation. And it, you had to, like, if you were on tour, uh, there was no Spotify and YouTube and TikTok to blow up an artist. If you were trying to make it as an artist, you had to get connected with the label or you had to tour for years on end to get seen, to get visibility, to get followers. And you were able to develop your brand over time. And now, um, you know, you can do the right thing, get on Twitter, get on some brand new social media platform, get some exposure from from a big podcast or big artist like that. And tomorrow you're now a brand that everybody's looking at. And do you have your your house in order, so to speak? Do you know what you're bringing to the table? Do you know your values? Is everyone on the same page on your team? Um, you know, you you thinking like, oh, I'm going to have time to build this. Well, it's 2023 and uh, stuff can happen overnight the same way you can get millions of followers overnight, you can also get canceled overnight uh, if you're not being careful. So, uh, well, as you are aware, because you've been on the receiving end of this, I am often called and people want advice or input. And, um, you know, the, and I think it's because I won't bullshit people, but, you know, I tell people this a lot. I say, look, everything I'm hearing about your plan is prevent is is set up to prevent the sky from falling. What are you going to do if everything happens to go right? Because if everything does go right, like you mentioned, like you could, I mean, it, look, it's rare to be the overnight sensation, but you can destroy the brand as quickly as you can build in that regard. And that happens a lot. You know, like, I don't think that there's, there's not like a magazine called failed branding. Maybe we should start it. That would be cool. Probably be kind of interesting. I would read that actually, but you get into this, like, you know, that's the thing. And, and we've seen that, that occur. Now, most of the time you think someone's an overnight sensation. They've probably been working on it for like eight freaking years. Right. I ha- I can't tell you how many people I've met that are like, yeah, I'm an overnight sensation nine years in the making, but, mm. but you got to be ready for that. And that's, that's part of it. And, you know, like you mentioned that things really, some things really do move at light speed these days and you got to be ready to handle it. Cause you know, and, and I think part of it is also like, 
I've seen a lot of people that are really good at the brand building and then they suck at the delivery Yeah. on the flip side. So, and, and I, you know, I've given advice to people. I'm like, what's the fucking point? Like if you're going to like, you're doing great at lead gen and exposure and getting views and building followers. But then when you actually get a revenue generating customer that wants to buy, whether it, it doesn't matter what you're selling, if you can't deliver well, they ain't going to stick around. It's so much easier to keep the clients you already have than it is to continue finding new ones. And that is going to catch up with you eventually. In some regard, it's going to catch up with you, if anything, just in lack of referrals. And I don't people, even think there's, get burned an so many there's times. no analytics tool to track how many people aren't calling because someone else said, ah, I tried it. It kind of sucked. You know what it makes me think of is like a... So I have this thing where uh, if I'm traveling to a new city, I will try a barbershop that like I look up online or that I've never been to or just like that's nearby in here in Kansas City. I pretty much go to my spot. Right. But like when I'm traveling, it's kind of a thing. I take this risk. It is a risk to try a new barber or whatever. And um, if I go into the barbershop and there's no one in there. Okay, like this is just like a thing, like the good barbers are busy. They're usually on like a schedule. They're usually like you have to book them. And so if I go into a barber shop and there might be the one or two people, guy or girl that are like there for walk ins, but the rest of the barbers are usually pretty busy and you might even have to wait around a little bit to get in a walk in. That's what I want to do. Like I want to wait a little bit to get a spot at the barbershop. If I walk in and it's empty, it's not where I want to be. And I think that's in my mind, it's, it's at some point, this barbershop's been going a minute. It's probably not brand new. It's probably been going a minute and people have stopped referring this barbershop. Yeah. That's why there's no one in there. I've been that way with the contractors that have come through at the farm because we've been in this like rapid fire building. You've been, I've been talking to you about it and sending you pictures and I've shared some of them, but you know, it, it, when it's August and you have like a deck builder that can start on it right away in the midst of like a massive construction boom everywhere like that. I mean, that's kind of like, why are you available? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that's, I mean, we'll go back to Perkins. They don't even take orders. I can't like, I remember when I first met Eric, he was still like years out on building anything. And, you know, now I think they build houses just because if they don't build houses, then they don't have a place to record the show. People. Yeah. People uh, want stuff like yesterday, you know, no one wants to wait for anything. Yeah. But what I've learned is that if you want the best, oftentimes they are busy, they're oh, yeah. full, they have their boundaries or whatever, like up, you have to wait. Uh, like if I'm going to a tattoo artist, you can even walk get in. In. Yeah. exactly. I might yeah. wait six months. I'm like, great. That's the kind of timeline I want to wait to put something on my body permanently. Like, you yeah. know, um, so I think that's, um, that's something to know. You're going to get those reputations. You're not going to get those referrals, um, you know, that kind of stuff, but you're, you're right. Like things can happen overnight. You got to be ready for, for whatever that looks like. Um, and it's just, it's a different time than it used to be. Um, so I think these things are, are, are important right away. I was also going to say, when you talked about some people really struggling at the photography, I think I've almost found that it's like 50, 50, let's say 50 of them struggle at, at, at communicating visually. Uh, and the others will be so good at communicating visually, but so bad on the back end of delivering like through ops or getting the packages out the door or lead times or, or follow through or the quality whenever they get it is not good. And a lot of times artists are like, they've built their social media following on content. 
or they've built, uh, they can do visuals and content all day long, uh, but they can't understand how to build the back end of a business that builds trust. So it's like pick your poison. Um, you know, it can be hard to be good at both. And I think that's usually why if you're good at one, you hire for the other. You know, if we talk, let's, let's keep moving down the line here and talk a little bit about the identity, like building a brand identity and developing it. I mean, you need a name, a logo, consistency. Um, so one of the very first things, all right, so just to, to frame up. So when we first started full scale, I mean, I'm talking within the first couple months, um, I immediately started working on what would become a brand identity. So obviously we've got a name, we got a logo, those things are great. Uh, now, how consistent is like the colors that you use, the typography, the tone and voice of what you do? And if that's all over the place, then it just, I don't know, it kind of starts to feel like you're getting yelled at by a bunch of different people potentially. And this is sim as simple as creating like a one, like just make a freaking decision. Uh, there are six numbers in a color code. Pick one for green and spread that around because anyone that's going to use it, whether it's on your website, your print material, the free pencils that you hand out at the office, they should all be consistent. And then also talk about like that tone in the voice. Like, are you playful? Are you stern? Are you telling jokes? Are you, you know, like, I mean, a lot of it and that should match up with the audience and don't be bipolar like don't be yeah. funny online and then when people meet you you're like stern and direct and have no sense of humor you know it's it's about that consistency one thing i noticed on social media is um some social media content creators will wear the same outfit in all of their videos oh, like yeah. they'll always have the same green shirt or green hat or something like that or so gold that when shoes. people see them or gold shoes <laughs> so when people see them online they're like they, they recognize them even faster because that person's not changing outfits every time, yeah. which is almost a little weird. Like you're going to wear that same outfit for like years in order to be known, but, but they are. And I it think that's easy shows... in the closet. Think about Zuckerberg. Yeah, think about, about Jobs. Shoes Cause I own about 50 pairs. And if you catch me out in public these days, which is getting harder and harder to do, bro. I know. Um, but yeah, I always wear like sometimes like the shiniest metallic looking gold shoes you can have. And it's funny because it works. I mean, I, people remember that. And that's the whole point. I'm not. And by the way, that's kind of a hard habit to maintain. They don't really make a lot of gold shoes for men. Now, if you're a woman, you can find all kinds of gold shoes, but not, not so much for men. So that's the guy with 50 pairs. But well, it took years to build those up, dude, you know, and then, but the thing is, is people will remember that. And I could even call, I could follow some follow up. You know, well, here you go. I'll, I'll show you. Here's a stack of business cards from the last thingy I went to. If I called all those people up, they'd remember me as the dude with the gold shoes. And honestly, think, it, start, it starts a lot of conversations too. I'm all right with that. I think, uh, it's also like the consistency is around that trust factor. You know, like if, uh, if I'm nice, 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 I'm going on a date. I'm going to keep using the same, uh, analogy you're going on a date. You're nice, nice, nice. And then one time you're like short and mean and rude or harsh or not talking to anyone. That person that's trying to get to know you is going to be like, Whoa, I didn't see this side of you. And it's not to say we don't have different dimensions. Um, but it's like the same way in your business. If you're like, 
I'm blue, I'm blue, I'm blue, I'm yellow, I'm green. They're like, well, I, I'm if I see those colors again, I'm not going to know if that's Marknology or not. Like, what are Marknology's colors? What is your true character as a person if you're trying to get to know people? That's what you're, That's what a business is. We're talking about it as a brand, as a business, but you can think of it on the individual level as well. Um, and you're like, are you an Amazon brand accelerator? Are you a TikTok agency? Are you a social media agency? Are you developers? What do you guys do? We're an Amazon brand accelerator. We build brands. Um and that can be harder harder than it seems like uh, at the beginning. But what I'll say to any young founders or people just getting started is Marknology has evolved. Like our mission and what we do and how we do it. Um, you know, we've stayed consistent with our, our logo and our colors and things like that. But um, we definitely started here and nine years later we've we've pivoted in a few different ways we have a warehouse and fulfillment center now there's different things that we do on top of that um but you definitely want to stay consistent throughout and i think one thing me and you both have in common is a reputation for um you know being a straight shooter speaking speaking our mind how it is giving our opinions um i'm definitely known at conferences and events i go to um i'm sure some people don't like me for the same things but there's a lot of people that just like they'll reference a podcast episode or or something where i said something kind of crass i guess um or from the hip and um and they like that and so that's um that's something that's part of our individual brand Oh, easily the the most common feedback I've got about this show is I love it that you guys keep it real. Just meaning like it's not just all talking about wins and Lambos and jets and shit like that. It's like because there's not a lot to learn from that. Want those kind of success blueprints once they're run, like I mean, they, those can only happen so many times before it's just not that spectacular. All right, so. Next in line here is learn how to tell the story of your brand and your product or perhaps the good that it creates. And this is, I think, where so many people honestly suck. Um, you know, like brand storytelling, like it's very predictable. Get the book, uh, The Story Brand. I think it's Donald Miller that wrote it. And he teaches you how to tell a story with your own brand. And it's essentially like at the very beginning of the book, he says, uh, don't read this book if you don't want me to ruin every single movie you're going to see for the rest of your life. And then you read the book and you're like, holy shit, he's right. It, you know, so there is a predictable path in which we as listeners, viewers, whatever it is, absorb a story. That's why when you, occasionally you get that, that weird movie and I say weird cause it's outside of the story brand kind of lineup that wins an Oscar and you go and you're like, wow, this is going to be great. And you go to watch it and you're like, what the fuck is this? This is terrible. It's cause it's not in the, it's not set up in the way that you wanted to digest it. And it's also something that's so different that maybe the people that vote on that stuff are like, Thank God, something different. Let's give it an Oscar. They were so outside the box. Yeah, but but that happens, and you know, and that's the thing, though. But that's why a lot of those movies don't actually become big blockbusters because they don't yeah, appeal to general, the masses. Yeah, like I mean, it's not even an eighty twenty thing. It's like a ninety five and five thing, and that's essentially someone has a problem. There's a guy that comes along and and wants to help them fix it. They usually run in, they, they do some training, they run into adversity and fail. They go back, they skill up a little more, practice a little more. They come back again. They usually win at that point. And then there's some kind of ritual or celebration at the end. 
And that's the format. So like I could tell that story if I wanted to put it in the context of full scale, I'd say, you know, Andrew, there's this, there's a startup and in the beginning, they felt that cheap was the way to go and they ended up with cheap. And so we came in and we gave them some advice. We helped them find the right people. It took a little bit. We had a little bit of failure because the culture was built around bad practices or something. And then we revised again, hit the market, found some success. Woohoo. You're on the Inc 5,000 or something like that. And you know, there you go. Speaking of that, you see, we did that again. I did two for two, baby. I love it. You know, with stuff like that, it's so funny because in your early years, it's so easy to be up like a thousand percent over year one. Gets harder as you get down the line. I got, I got mad love for the companies that are like, this was our 13th year in a row. I'm like, I'm listening. Okay. Now you got me. Back to that storytelling thing. And you know, that's what we kind of do on this podcast amongst other things, but don't, don't downplay the importance of telling that story, you know, super, and, super and, important. Yeah. I think as humans, that's how, I mean, in grade school, in school, uh, I pretty much only listened to the teachers that were telling stories. Like, I think, I think there is a human, I don't know, a uh, human DNA type of thing that makes us just like, we assimilate information or we take in information uh, based on the way that it's shared or communicated to us. And yeah. if it's in a story and if it's in a story form, this is how we like pass on wisdom and education through the centuries. It was like elders or, or the wise people in the, in the group and the tribe telling stories yeah. to the youngers. And we passed on those stories over and over and over. It's in our DNA. And so I think you can, uh, you can, uh, try to combat that or go around it or do things differently. But if you want success, I think the key is to, to communicate in a way that everybody else can take in the information in the best way. Um, and if you're doing that well, whether it's through visuals or audio or video or whatever it is in the way that you're telling your story, um, I think you're going to be more successful. So in, if you if you already had, know all these things and you're not, you're not listening to us anyway, uh, if you're trying to figure these things out and you're having an open mind, um, the story brand is a great way, a great place to get started in figuring out, you know, kind of what that template is to bring your story to life. And then from there, you can tweak it. You can you can change things around. But I think it's, um, it's very, very important. Well, part of that communication cycle and process is also engaging and listening. Um, you know, no one's going to tell you the good stuff and the bad stuff about what you're building or selling faster than the people that use it. Now, I think a lot of times as founders or managers or people involved, we let our ego get hurt um, because someone doesn't, someone says something. So there are some people that legitimately don't like me, but should probably thank me because I'm, I, when a, another business owner points out some of the flaws that might exist at my business, I take it very seriously because that, you know, look, people don't, anybody out there doesn't have to take any time to give you feedback there. Trust mm -hmm. me, there's a million other things that they'd probably rather be doing, but you know, like, you know, no one's going to tell if your business shows up and you do a shitty job, I'm probably going to tell you about it. I'll tell you, you did a good job too, though. You know, like, so all these service providers that have been doing everything from building playgrounds to drilling wells, to pouring concrete, you know, like I, when I, cause I, I've been around a lot of these folks lately and I'm like, Hey, you know, this is where I found you online. 
this was clear. This wasn't clear. I've even got one guy that actually started out by reaching out to me because he's a startup hustle fan. He told me he's a landscape uh, architect and I ended up calling him and he did some bids for me and I didn't buy because the bids were not good. They weren't clear. And, um, and then he comes back to me and he says, dude, will you teach me? Where am I messing this up? And I said, all right, sure, I'll play. So coached him up on it. And he's got about $100,000 worth of, of contracts from me since out, yeah, out of the farm. But, but it, it involved like, you know, but that's engagement and listening. You can't be too proud to hear what people have to say. Now that said, try not to have ADHD and chase every single thing down. I like to say, listen for the echo. When people are repeatedly telling you the same thing about you or your product or whatever, listen. there's probably some merit to it at that point. So for me, yeah, put I was the pride say just, away and put the listening cap on and yeah. For me, it's all about, uh, I think it's important to be like, I will give credit where credit is due and I will also try to critique or improve a process too. Uh, it's hard for me to take it in positively if it's a, let's say it's a competitor giving you feedback or, and they're only negative. You know, that client that doesn't matter what you do, even if you're hitting home runs, they're just like going to find the negative. Those are hard to listen to. In my opinion, I usually am like, ah, it's worth a grain of salt. If they're consistently saying good job when we do good and saying, hey, this is where we can be better. I'm way more apt to listen, uh, active listening. So have some of those people around you that are going to give the good and the bad. You know, if you only tore apart when I called you up uh, for some advice or like some friendship to talk about stuff, if you only hammered everything I was doing all the time, uh, I'm not sure I would be like, ah, Matt's going to give me great advice. I don't know. It's like, well, I but come you, with the disclaimer. Do you remember? I'm like, I won't, I'm not going to argue. Uh, okay. You can't get mad at me if I don't tell you what you want to hear. And I'm not going to spend any time arguing why you're right. And I'm wrong. You wanted the feedback. Here it is. Take it or don't. And like, that's the whole thing is that I, there's a reason I have to have those disclaimers when people call me for input or advice it's because I've had a ton of people get mad at me because I didn't tell them what they wanted to hear. And also I've spent a lot of time. They're like, oh, well, you've got these objections, but I'm like, no, that's not what I'm doing right now. Cause that just goes on and on and on. And a lot of times it's just stubborn, you know, ha- having your pride hurt. On Amazon specifically two, two quick things. Amazon had like, I think it was the wall street journal or New York times or something maybe five years ago came out with some third party data uh, of like they had done a report on all these people falsifying reviews on Amazon. So some like really bad kind of feedback. It was like review gate and Amazon took that very, very seriously. They took the feedback very, very seriously and they brought in a third party firm that cleaned it all up and did all these investigations. People ended up in prison, kind of wild stuff. Amazon took it very, very seriously because they cared about their service. Um, I think that, uh, you know, if you're in the business of giving business advice, consulting, um, you know, you, you give as much of that as you take. Um, and in some cases I'm now even paying people to give me that advice, right? Because, uh, in certain areas you need it. Um, but I think if you're going to be a brand that people trust, um, you gotta be a straight shooter. You also gotta be able to take, uh, you know, great feedback from people, uh, and implement it where you can. Well, and that's the hard part is like, you know, implement it where you can, when you can. And I always thank people for that kind of stuff. Um, I look back years ago, there was, um, 
uh, a CTO and founder at a company that had had an exit and moved on to another place. And on his way out, he sent me one of those founder to founder emails and alerted me to something that was going on in our sales department. And I could have read that email and been like, this dude's just being a dick. I, he was, I thanked him profusely because it let it, I, I had a problem that I knew existed, but I wasn't really sure where it was coming from. Like I didn't, but when I, the moment I got inside, now look, that dude had a million other things to do besides send me that. And man, I will never forget that. I, I remember those parts about my business a lot. I mean, just a lot when it comes up and, you know, it is what it is. All right. So look, this is what builds brand loyalty and also can help you protect your brand. I think that we would be remiss if we, if I didn't mention a couple of those. Here we are at the end of yet another episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by Fullscale.io and we'll say Marknology.com, right? Like if you want to build your brand on Amazon, reach out to Andrew. You just go to Marknology.com. There's a link for that in the show notes. If you want to build a team of software experts that work only for you, go to Fullscale.io. Um, you know, you talk about like, you know, there's so many dimensions. We probably, this could have been like a four part show. We should bring it back. We might need to bring it back and I'll, yeah. I'll host this time. Um, but I think that branding is a topic that a lot of people just hear it as a buzzword and don't really understand. So I like trying to break it down into the different elements that it is and the things that people should think about when you're like, Hey, your branding sucks. People are just think visual. That's sometimes. the title of the next episode. Your branding sucks. I think yeah, we should we'll do a whole part. One, just fixing your shitty branding. We could pull up an example uh, and just uh, tear it apart a little bit and then uh, show how to build it back up. But um, I, I mean, I've been getting some of this. I've even got stuff in like my book, Million Dollar Bedroom, like for like little basics, like not having a hyphen in your web domain. You know, like just little things that you find you're always going to have to explain or mention, you know, and there's and these are. Yeah. So little things that people would know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have to worry about your branding on different platforms. So something about Marnology just as a little thing is uh, we've expanded into target and uh, you know, we're doing a lot of content for brands on target. Well, there's a lot of different elements to the branding uh, and on the technical side of things we can do, can't do. And so sometimes you have to work with pros that can understand that particular market or that medium in which you're trying to present your brand. Uh, There can be nuance to it as well. Yeah. And then, you know, like we get into, here's the thing too, your brand isn't always about your consumers or your buyers. It can also be about your existing and future employees. And we have spent tremendous amount of time, focus and energy in the Philippines building a brand because we had no presence over there five years ago. And now when we do uh, onboarding, uh, you know, bringing a new employee in, we ask them, well, what made you want to come here? I mean, more often than not, there's, man, there's a lot of hype and buzz around this company, man. Like I knew it couldn't all be bullshit. And, you know, it takes, that, that doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. That doesn't happen overnight, but it, you know, it's, it's about like, cause here's another thing too, is no one wants to come work at the industry's worst performer. There's not a lot of pride or joy or, anything there. So if you want to get the best people, you got having a great brand that goes around it. You know, the main thing that we get is people as over there is I really heard this company cares about its employees. Thank you for noticing. 
what better thing to we're going to do it whether you notice or not right but thank you for noticing that goes a long way and that you I mean that that matters so let me make a small plug here let me make a small plug because some people might not know this and it's weird to say it about your own company but you know during um i think there was a tsunami or a hurricane there in the it Philippines. was a typhoon a typhoon that sorry I'm not, not, yeah yeah i've never i've never been in a typhoon but um you know little things that people say well what is branding and people are thinking of the visuals and the communication and the whys and the but what you guys did internally there in the philippines um or for your team supporting them during that time uh whether it was water whether it was places to stay whether it was housing um you know you guys spent (laughs) money on a thing that didn't return direct roi but putting it in context like you know years years later you've got people like oh my god i've heard this company treats its employees really great well i think it did pay a return because in in 2022 we had a 93 percent plus in employee retention rate in exactly. a year that was very well known as the year of the resignation yep where 40 percent of americans quit their job and went to work somewhere else and that yep. wasn't unique to the united states so yeah i think it does pay dividends and benefits. And, you know, Andrew, that was nothing more than just doing the right thing. That wasn't intended to have like a PR twist to it, you know. Correct. But that was an action taken that internally built branding. Yeah. Like that's what I'm getting at. It was an internal thing. Those people are then telling their coworkers, their neighbors, their family, their friends, whatever, when asked about full scale, what's it like to work there? They're like, wow, this company is really great to its people. They took care of us, things like that. So it's actions you do even behind the scenes that people don't see that can uh, end up being something that can lead to buyers and clients and customers too, though, you know, and, and, you know, that, that said, like the socially and conscious company wants to do business with other companies that aren't just treating people like shit, you know? And that's, that's, I don't know. That's part of why we're so picky about what clients we bring in too. Cause if you're going to treat our people like crap, I just, I got other things to do. Yep. That's just not, not why people sign up, but that's what matters though. Is is employees have the trust in you to not march them into certain death or misery. And, uh, th- and dude, I'll tell you what, that is a hard thing to build. Cause I think most people are, you know, they're used to hearing it, but not seeing it. And there's a big difference. So could, I think that's a good place more. to end. And we can uh, chat off air about our 19 part series about fixing everyone else's shitty branding. That's what it's going to take folks for us to get to the bottom of this. Cause there's so much of it out there. Please don't be that company. Andrew, I'll catch up with you soon. See you guys. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.